Welcome everyone to How Winners Win. This is episode 19. I am Daniel Blue. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Keita Spears, a.k.a. Hi Key. What up? We have a special guest on the show. Uh, she's been crushing it in e-commerce now for about 17 years. And I know you guys are going to be able to get some takeaways from all of all, all of this. So, Michelle, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me, guys. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, we, uh, we're excited. So this is uh, Michelle Hoagland. She is the owner of uh, Paladin Global Market, and she's going to be able to pull back the curtain and talk a little bit about eBay and some of the cool things that are being done in the e-commerce space, how people could generate extra income and really adjust their lifestyle for the better. So Michelle, tell us a little bit about your, your background. How did you end up getting into the e-commerce space 17 years ago? And was this during uh, American got mail or AOL like you've got mail like 17 years ago I'm yeah. trying to remember pretty close yeah it was um I I kind of it caught me by surprise I was home on maternity leave with my my first daughter and did not um realize that um I wanted to stay at home with her I had I've been in my dental career for many many years and um, so it took me by surprise. And then I frantically started searching for a viable business that could replace my income and do it quickly so I could be home with her. And that entered eBay. And you're right. It was definitely like the AOL time. Internet was very, iPhones weren't even out. Or if they were, they were, just weren't mainstream. What's Netflix Amazon at this was time? still a bookstore. <laughs> yeah, it was probably you know, Nokia was phones. Remember the game Snake on the Nokia? Yes, that I was, do. That was fun. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. But yeah, it's definitely, it was a different landscape. People, I remember mailing me checks for their eBay items back then. Wow. It's, it was, people just weren't as comfortable with online shopping. So it was like the wild west, but I, it was really cool. I was able to replace my income very quickly. So I'd be curious when you did something so different, right? Like now when people say I make money online, we're in 2021. It's like, okay, cool. That's awesome. Um, but 17 years ago, 15 years ago, I'm sure when you made this decision, there was probably some people in your family, your inner circle, your friends that were like, you're an idiot. Like, what, yes. are, you, what are you doing? Can you tell the audience a little bit about some of the pushback that you got maybe from um, family, friends? Like, what are some of the things that you heard when you took this this step outside your comfort zone? Yeah, it it was just, are you sure you're wanting to give up? You know, I had been in um, dental since I was 15 um, and I, I had my degrees in it. You know, I'm not a dentist, but I had my certifications and the different things and I was making a good income. And, um, and this was kind of like, a, you know, it happened very quickly. So, yeah, I did get some pushback. I did get the kind of, are you sure you're doing the right thing? But it was blind faith and I was determined to be able to make the most of the time. So I just took a leap and, you know, closed my ears to the naysayers and proved them wrong. So it was cool. Wow. So when did you see success? Because, you know, a lot of people go online and look for those exact keywords. How do I make replace yeah. my income fast? You know, but it's not it's easier said than done. Um, how did you do that? You know, when it's all brand new at the time, like you said, it's the wild, wild west. There's no yeah. guru out there that you can say, Hey, buy my, you know, let me buy your package and get mentorship. You right. know, what were some of the things that you struggled with in the beginning, trying to figure and stumble your way to success and how'd you do it so quickly? Yeah. And that, um, great question. So I learned about eBay. Well, I had heard about it, but I bought like a package on TV from infomercial, which I never do, but I was desperate 
So that just kind of set up the basics of it. But YouTube wasn't like what it is today. No one, you're right, was was leading the direction, was leading the path. I had to figure out on my own. I did, I, I mean, thankfully, I started finding some liquidation warehouses and bought some things. I just had a good gut sense about some things before I knew right from wrong for reselling. And I made some money very quickly within about three weeks. I was able to see that I could make this work. But oh my gosh, guys, that first year was brutal. I just, you know, learning what to do, what not to do. And that's why I'm so passionate to teach others how to do the same so they don't have to, so they can fast track it to success. Nice. What was your first product that was like your aha, like, oh, this is, this is real. Yes, exactly. And it was the product that actually was where my husband, and I had to sit down like, okay, I think I can do this. I think, and then we decide I could put my two weeks notice in. Um, I found these Disney rocking toys and I'll never forget. I drove three states north, met my father. He, um, when he was alive, he had a, a quite an entrepreneur spirit as well. So he was always supporting me in my efforts. But um, we went to this warehouse and they bought pallets, but they would let you walk in and see the pallets. And so you could hand pick some of the stuff. And oh my gosh, so those toys, the whole ride home for three states, they made this sound the whole time. But I guess it's the sound of money now because that was the sales that I was able to quickly replace my income and said, all right, let's do this. Wow. So Disney (laughs) Disney toys that literally annoyed you for three states on a drive. Was yes, the one that made exactly. it for you. So it was good. I know that for people that, you know, Amazon versus eBay is the new thing now. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And I know that Amazon, to a certain degree, I'm not an expert, but don't they have like certain things that you can sell and you can't sell on their platform when you're new? Can you talk about I how do. eBay differs from that and maybe how that's a quicker way to scale your business? Absolutely. I've resold on both platforms on many other ones as well. Um, Amazon does have a lot of gated categories. And even though I have my own private label product that I have in many pet stores and also sell on Amazon as well, I had the hardest time telling Amazon proving that I'm the owner and I developed this product. So Amazon is very strict on that because they're trying to protect the brands and they want the big brand names reselling on Amazon. On eBay, once you have your account opened up and you prove to eBay that you are a good reseller, they continue to open up the amount of items you can list. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's really easy to be able to get started on eBay. Cool. So is there like an automation factor? Is it automation or is it retail arbitrage? What do you do? Um, As far as for which one? Uh, eBay platforms. We'll talk about that. Um, I would say that's the only thing. um, What was appealing for Amazon is that you can have more of the replenishables and such. But for eBay, for at least for my business, it's a lot of individual items. So that's the only thing is that it's, you know, taking pictures of these items. I do have business overstock that I can just keep relisting and and don't have to continue to redo the listings and such. But a majority of my items, honestly, are things that I sell for other people or I get from garage sales and stuff like that. So it's all fresh new listings. So that is a little more time intensive. Hmm. Interesting. So you're actually going out there and finding deals still to this day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. The treasure hunt. And like I said, I do have multiple streams of inventory for my business. So I do a lot of business consignment. I sell motorcycles. I've sold x-ray machines. I Big, large format printers. Um, I'll do all that. But I also still love the hunt and um, just love going out with my daughter, garage sailing, thrift stores, consignment, 
you know, auctions, all that stuff. It's pretty fun. Man, there's a lot of hidden treasures at the thrift store. So my, my wife, when she goes to the thrift store, she'll come back and she'll get like Victoria's Secret stuff with tags Mm -hmm. on it. And I don't know if it's just because of Vegas, right? There's a lot of money in Vegas, Mm -hmm. but I would say probably 50% of my clothes in my closet are thrift store you know, because same, yeah, especially the, the, yeah. the shirts that you button up, right? Mm-hmm. Like oh, the button ups. Yeah. I mean, they're clean. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm over here. Yeah. Versace for $5. <laughs> yes, please. Right. I know. Yeah. Okay. So that, that's one, uh, one, one tip for, uh, the winners out there. Don't be too, uh, what's the right word? Kita. Like it's okay to go to the thrift store and you oh, can be, you can be looking good. You know, I, for it's me, how you style it, right? Yeah, that, right and I'd show. rather save the money and go invest it versus drop all the money on name brand and then it's it's gone, right? So, um, talk to us about uh, Michelle when you when you made that transition. I mean, you had a stable career. It sounds like making you know decent money in the corporate world, quote unquote. Um, and then you talked right. about your motivation on why you wanted to leave that space. Obviously, when we have a kid, that that changes our mindset and our priorities. Um, but talk to the audience about that first year. Um, you know, I look at businesses, no matter what business that you're in, that first year is always going to be tough. So talk to us about some of the challenges that, uh, you faced, um, in that first year. And, and were there some moments when you were going through that experience where you're just like, shit, like, what am I doing? I'm, I'm just going to quit and go back to the dental space. Like, you know, did you think about quitting? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So the first year was so, so tough. One, I was very young. Um, and so I was still learning um, just, you know, maturity type things with my budget. And I'm really good about making money. But at that point in my life, I was not good yet about managing the money I have or making my dollar go further. So uh, I felt like I was spinning my wheels on a lot of places, but I was also learning um, what items are good to resell and what are not. Um, and just the school of hard knocks and then having to go out and say, all right, well, these are not good for eBay. Have a garage sale. Let's try to recoup some of the money and do it again. Um, but it was out of that struggle where my back was against the wall. I was I was determined. I, I'm going to stay home with her. Whatever I've got to do, I'm going to stay home with her. But that's where consignment reselling came into place. And that by far has become my most profitable income stream as a reseller. It's free inventory. that, And I usually get to tap into much higher price items. And as a result, I teach my students how to do the same. So it was out of that struggle that I came and discovered consignment reselling. So I, that was I don't in regret year one it. As well? It was tough. Consignment. You found that in year one. I did. I found it at the end of year one because I kept thinking of, and that's where I also considered private label products at the first time as well. Cause I was trying to think of where can I source inventory continual to really scale my business. And so, yes, it was about end of year one where I had, a, unfortunately, a Christian bookstore. I went out of business and they had a ton of inventory. And so that was my first client. And from there, I started putting signs out. I can sell stuff for you on eBay. And it um, took off from there. It's pretty cool. Wow. So, I mean, that's a, I feel like that's a space. That's a rock that's been, you know, no one's really un, over unturned because mm-hmm. I've never heard of that consignment on right. through using these platforms. So talk to the audience a little bit about that. Obviously they want, they're going to want to work with you because you're the best, but tell them a little bit about what that is. 
Absolutely. So it, it it still amazes me to this day. I've been doing this for almost 17 years that whenever people hear we're at a party or something like that, and someone's like, oh yeah, Michelle sells things for people on eBay. They still light up like, oh my gosh. Oh yes. I still, ha- I have this at my house. I have old cameras. I've got some old iPhones. Can you sell these? Absolutely. And think about it. Everyone has something around their house that they want to get rid of. Mm-hmm. They just maybe don't have the time or just, you know, oh, yeah, I'm going to get rid of it later on. Just don't want to give it away. And so it's an endless supply and an untapped niche, so to say, in my marketplace, which um, is pretty fun. Wow. I mean, I'm thinking of all the junk, you know, it's not junk because it's valuable online exactly. to somebody, but it's junk to us after a while yeah. because it's been sitting there and we said we we're going to clean it out three weeks ago and that's long and gone. It turns into junk real fast, but you see dollar signs is what you're saying. Huge. And it really is my most profitable items are through consignment. Um, And I'm not having to, because after the end of the first year of my business, our money was tight. You know, I was still struggling to figure out this business and really get the wheels going very quickly. And then also, you know, taking care of a new little one and stuff like that. But when consignment selling came to mind, because of that business going out of business, but also because I didn't have to continue to put my money out for things and wonder if they're a good item to resell. I could do it for free with other people's items. And my only cost is my time and my expertise. So it's pretty cool. Nice. I want to peel back for the audience. There's a couple of things that you, you mentioned that I think anybody can relate to. Um, you know, one, obviously a drive, a why to uh, make the change that you made. Uh, your daughter mm-hmm. sounds like that was the, the why there. Uh, and then two, you're going to have doubters, right? There's going to be naysayers. There's going to be people that are questioning you. So, you know, we all have to, you know, make sure that we tune that out and we focus on what we can control. Um, who cares what other people think, right? They're not paying your bills. Um, and then right. another uh, bullet point that I, that I heard you mention was just commitment. I mean, you drove three states just to go get product, right? I mean- In the hopes yeah, of getting product. I mean, there's no guarantee. like back in the day, we had to check it out. You had yeah. to physically go touch the pallets right. to see what it was. <laughs> it's like, can you FaceTime me? It's like, actually, no, there's no yeah, freaking right. iPhone like, back no. then, right? So, I mean, you drove, <laughs> you know, probably 10, 20 hours with no guarantee that you were even going to get the product. Um, and then you, you know, took some, uh, took some shots the first uh, year you weren't, you know, successful in the very beginning. Not everyone's going to be kicking butt right out the gate. Um, and then you pivoted, right. Mm -hmm. You found something that works. And I think that's really, really important because you know, when we don't have success, usually it's only a couple of reasons, right? One, we haven't done it long enough, right? You can't expect to do something for three months and then it not work. And then you're like, why isn't this working? Right? Like you got to keep doing it. You haven't done it long enough or two, maybe you've done it long enough, but you're just doing the, the wrong thing. Right. And it sounds like right. you were doing some things along the way that weren't profitable, that weren't the most efficient. And it took you struggling to get to the point where it's like, aha, Right. And uh, I think that's important for every single entrepreneur or someone that wants to start a business to, to remember those lessons. So uh, kudos to you, Michelle, for uh, making it work and going through the, the adversity to find, you know, something that's scalable. And, and then now, if I understand your model correctly, now you have a, a system where you teach people how to do this. And, mm-hmm. and obviously businesses take money. They could do this on their own and they're going to end up spending money. And uh, or they can spend some money with you and not have to reinvent the wheel and uh, follow a, a proven system. Is, is that right? Absolutely. And I think the biggest thing, too, as entrepreneurs, we 
we are trying to carve out a new business out of nowhere and we're really trying to make things work and we try to learn from other people. But I think sometimes people say experience is the best teacher. I don't think that's the truth. Somebody else's experience is the best teacher. So fast tracking someone's journey to success is definitely something I'm passionate about because if I wasn't so backed up against the wall and determined to be home with my little girl, I don't know if I, I could have possibly get thrown my hands up before I figured out that secret sauce. So and there's so many people out there that are struggling to make ends meet or mothers that are dropping their little ones off at daycare that truly would just want to be home with their kids that um, I just, I really want to say, hey, you can do this. You can really do this. And I can make it much easier before you throw your hands up and quit before you get right to that secret sauce, so to say. Mm-hmm. So you're, the, you're living proof. You're a testimonial for the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the questions I had is because once you found the secret sauce towards the end of that first year, you know, you can, we can, our mind plays tricks on us. You can almost think like, oh, that was just a one-time thing, you know? So how did you go from, okay, this was at first a one-time thing to this is a new way for me to do this and talk about some of the growing pains of picking that one model that's successful for you. And how do you scale that? I mean, you had a home to take care of a little one, like you said, you know, a lot of things that were already on your plate and now you've actually found the way to a big six figure business. How did you, what were some of the growing pains of scaling that? Picking, saying yes to too many things um, and also purchasing things in the hopes that they would sell. Now, I don't purchase things unless I check sold comps. And because we have our iPhones or our smartphones, whenever I'm outsourcing inventory, I will check to see first, is this currently, what's the market value? What's the market willing to pay for it right now? And how much, you know, because that makes a decision on whether I want to negotiate a little bit on the price of this item, or if I just want to pass. The other thing is their sell-through rate. How quickly is something selling through? Um, And is it something that's going to sit on my shelf forever? So at the very beginning, the things that I learned is I would say yes to too many items to, you know, oh, let me just, let me, it's just a dollar, let me try it. But my time is more precious than that. And then also saying yes to too many of my consignment clients items, and then renting stores units and just taking on, I mean, I tried, I just kept trying different things. I remember there was a place that um, they had a ton of donations that they couldn't use all of it. So I was trying to get them redeem some money back on it. But the thing was, I had to take all the stuff they didn't want. And then I ended up having two storage units full of junk, essentially, trying to learn that lesson. So saying yes to too many things. And now I'm, I'm much pickier on it because not only can I sell something to make a profit, but my time is very, very valuable. And I don't want to just spin my wheels. That's super, super important point for the audience to take take part of because I feel like as an entrepreneur, you feel like you can do almost anything. So you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. throw it on, throw it on. Yeah, I'll take some more. Sure. You know, no problem. Right. And, you know, you had to take a step back and say, okay, what well, this I, this is at the business at the end of the day. You made a decision to make this a business, not just a hobby. So your time ends up being way more important than the hopes of making a dollar. That's Absolutely. a super important lesson. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's the thing where people, when they're trying to start this type of a business where they, that's the hardest struggle they find is finding the right stuff to resell, what's around their area, and then making it streamline it so that you can continue to scale it up is um, very important. When did you start getting like groups or mentorship or something of that kind? So, you know, we're in the journey, you, you found the secret sauce, you know, you started scaling your business, you know, still growing pains there. When did you start creating like a community or, or get mentorship? When did that come into play? 
That actually didn't come into play until about two years ago. Um, I started my YouTube channel and my online course because I, I realized because time is such a precious commodity, we only have 24 hours in a day. And then I have a husband and family and grandbabies and all that. So wanting to make sure that I can package up and help someone package up in a resource where I can invest my time ahead of time and record this information, but they can watch in their own time. Um, so it was probably about almost two years ago when I started that part of the journey instead of just working one-on-one -on -one with, I've had people, you know, as consultants one-on-one -on -one with them, but it just, I wasn't able to scale that as well. So, so for 15 years, you're basically doing this by yourself, not so. really telling anyone, you know, for, except for your small circle, but like you weren't like a influencer per se, you know, or someone who would look to mm -hmm. for as a guru, but you've been doing it well. this entire time for 15 years. Yeah, I did. Um, I forgot to mention, I did have an ebook that I put together about the second year in to my business, eBay consignment, the easy way. And then I would also sell on eBay where people could purchase an hour of my time so I could give them business consulting for their reselling business. Um, but I, I didn't realize what kind of a, you know, I should have scaled that at that point, but I just wasn't ready in my life. I had too many other things going on. Um, and that's why I re-entered it about two years ago. I said, all right, it's time to go ahead and take this to the next level. The, uh, the idea of somebody making, you know, a couple thousand dollars a month extra on, on the internet, what, what kind of time commitment does, does someone need to have to, to make you know, and I'm, I'm just going to give an arbitrary number. You might say, Daniel, that's a horrible example. But if someone wanted to make an extra 1500 to 2500 a month, um, what, what kind of time commitment would, would they need? I would say you could probably do that with less than 10 hours a week. Um, once you really know what you're doing, um, easily 2000 3000 a month. Once you really, you know, get your systems in place. And that's where you come in. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> who's uh who's your ideal client? Ah, so as far as for my students, I typically see that it's usually um although I feel like I'm I'm uh, wanting to teach to women who want to be home with their little ones, but I seem to attract about the 30 to 40 year old male that wants to to streamline a business for their family to help. Um, I had one recently, he's, his daughter, his daughter, his wife's pregnant. And so he wants to be able to bring her home from the workforce. So they're looking at ways um, to do that through online reselling. Another uh, part of my, my ideal students typically are about are people that are exiting the workforce, but they're not ready to just get rid of their income altogether. Um, so that I've seen has been the, um, the demographic, so to say, of the students that have found me and reached, me, reached out for more information. Got you. Got you. Okay. What's the, um, what's on the horizon for, for Michelle? Like what, what are your goals? Like what are the next, what's the next chapter for, for you and your business? Ah, uh, great question. You know, my freeing up my time so that I can continue to be more present with my family, but also pursuing my passions, which it's entrepreneur. I love business. I absolutely love it. And I love opening people's eyes to what 
is capable out there so they don't have to be selling their time for money in a job if they don't want to be in that job. Um, so I find that I'm able to get that message out more through my YouTube channel, my podcast and my courses and just continue to build a community of, of like-minded people that are looking for the same thing. So on the horizon, I see that continue. I'll, I'll always be a reseller. Um, it's so much fun to me, but it also continues to keep me relevant as well, but also continue to, to raise up the next generation of people who want to do the same thing that I'm doing. So just building that community from what it sounds like. And like, yeah. it's still mind boggling that for 15 years you were doing this, like with no one knowing, no one, you know, no spotlight, even though you had created a system that worked and is tried and proven. Uh, that's mm-hmm. just crazy that you're just kind of starting your journey. So for everyone listening to this, like be on the lookout. She's only two years into creating content, you know, like that's crazy to think that you have all this expertise. So they better watch out yeah and and also it's a lesson guys like don't start to become a coach or call yourself a coach if you haven't done the shit that you're teaching people (laughs) there's there's, there's so many so much calluses first yeah there's there's so much (laughs) of that right it's like when you peel back their business their only business is selling their coaching like they don't actually have a real business that generates money yeah yet they're a guru, right? Mm So, um, that's, that's what attracted me, uh, to your, your, uh, your story and who you are, Michelle is, is you've been, you've been in the nitty gritty, uh, sleeves rolled up doing the work for over a decade. And, uh, so I I know when you say certain things, uh, you've got the experience and and the wisdom to, uh, to back it up. Can you, uh, I'm curious, your husband, is he entrepreneurial driven? Is he like, you know, corporate, you know, is he like, you know, I love your crazy idea, babe, just do your business. I'm going to do my, (laughs) my own thing. Like what's, I'm just curious, what's the dynamic between you two? Uh, a little bit of all that. He's, I like to call him a superhero. My husband has been a police officer for many years. He's a retired officer. He was homicide, FBI, SWAT, banging oh, down the doors, you name it, he did it. Wow. Um, and so it keeps me safe and protects me and loves me and supports me. But he's just like, he always teases me because we're out or something. I'm like, oh, that's a great business. I can see profit in tons of things. And he's just like, okay, honey, I'll support you, whatever, you know, whatever <laughs> you want to do. But yeah, he's just my cheerleader and um, not entrepreneur. He's he's like, this, this is not for me, but I'll support you. And um, it's pretty cool. That's, that's awesome. I was watching a really good episode of Law and Order <laughs> last night. So you, you, you saying those <laughs> yeah. things about your husband, that's cool. Uh, question. Yeah. So for, for the audience, you know, the people that are entrepreneurs, um, you know, you talk to some entrepreneurs that are married and, and both of a husband, wife or boyfriend, girlfriend, um, they're both entrepreneur driven, right? Like that's who they are and, and what they're about. But then there's other people that are in a relationship and only one of them is entrepreneur driven. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and I've, I'm, gonna, I'm part of a lot of masterminds and Facebook groups and, and I see people talk about their challenges where it's like, man, like my husband or my, my, my partner, like they're just not driven and, uh, you know, vision. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, they're complaining at work too much, right? There's just a lot of complaints. Um, so you guys have obviously figured it out. How long you guys been married for? Um, going on 24 years. Awesome. Congratulations. That's, that's great. We got to figure it out. Yeah. So, so (laughs) I know it hasn't always been pretty, right. But what have been some of the things that have made that relationship work, given that you are the, the entrepreneurial, you know, driven hustler and, and he is not, not that it takes anything away from him, but you know, you Mm -hmm. guys each have different dynamics. Exactly. Yep. Definitely. Well, I think it's great, um, that, uh, 
when you have a balanced couple, he is my, I'm a dreamer as entrepreneurs, I think really are, you know, we see big goals, lofty dreams. That's, we have to see in our head first before we go attack it. And um, he, that's not his gift. He's more black and white, get to the point, see what's in front of you. So he helps ground me. Um, and then I help stretch him. So it, it works out really well that way. Um, I, I love education. I'm always doing different things and, and courses and really just trying to continue to up my game. Um, and he's always the one that kind of balances like, all right, honey, are you sure you need to go to this or that? You know, um, because I'll just continue to consume content. I just love it. So we balance each other out really well. Nice. So where does this drive, this entrepreneurial, you know, this kind of craziness that we all know that we have, where does this come from? I know you briefly mentioned that your father had an entrepreneurial bug and you Mm -hmm. mentioned briefly in the beginning of the episode that you were in dental at 15. So take us back. Like, where does this come from, Michelle? Because you're clearly, you know, you're a superhero in your own right. So how does this get cultivated? And like, was it, you know, who were some of the influences at a young age? Well, um, I, I'm a Christian, and so I believe that it's something that I was born with, this, this desire and this dream, but it needs to be, um, you know, crafted and needs to continue to refine it over the years. Um, but that drive from inside, I, once I started working in dental, and then I had the opportunity to work in the front as well and start learning the business part, I thought I wanted to be a dentist, and I actually started going through uh, the prereqs for dental school. But once I got a taste of that front office and the business, just something came alive in me. And I've always done like, even before I started my eBay business, I was, you know, I was a wedding photographer, I was always trying different things to find my fit. And I just wanted to be a full time entrepreneur, so to say, but I truly wasn't seeking it all out, of course, until I was like, okay, this is the time when I have my little girl at home, this is the time to take the leap. Wow, okay, so it's always been in there, you know, and yeah. it doesn't seem like you strayed away from opportunity too. I mean, you try different things and you're okay with trying yeah. and, you know, kind of failing forward in a, in a sense until that one opportunity came out. That was your calling. Yeah, absolutely. And my dad helped um, cultivate it. I remember as a teenager taking me to Dale Carnegie courses, we'd go together. And so that was something that we kind of had a like mind on and, and having John Maxwell books and different things like that. So as a teenager, that was the kind of things that I was reading. Um, and so he definitely helped to stir the fire, so to say. Yeah, um, definitely not common right reading path. for teenagers is John Maxwell yeah. <laughs> know, and right? Dale Carnegie. Like, so, but that would put you on the right path, though. That's for sure. Yeah. So my yeah, favorite definitely. group, Thinking Girl. Yeah. How to influence and influence people. Right. Yep. I love I got that. Got that one too. <laughs> that's classic. I mean, that's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I read so that you, when you I was, gave me that one like a couple of years yeah, ago. That's yeah. Great. I read that yeah. when I was eighteen when I first got into sales. I mean, that was a See? that was a game changer. I think that book got written like what nineteen twenty six. Old school. <laughs> so I, think, really I think it had dust on it when I got it from the library. Yeah, definitely. yeah. but it's a good one. That's, that's great. Classic. If you haven't read I that, audience, it. read that. Yeah, definitely read that. So um, yeah. I'm curious. You brought up you know making content, videos, community. Uh, I, I think this is a common um, objection or like just a common roadblock for people where, you know, you're listening to this, the show right now and, and, and maybe you have a service or a, uh, a business idea 
just something that you know it just needs visibility you just need to get whatever you want to say or whatever you want to sell to someone you just want to you just need to get in front of people's eyes and we live in a day and age where it's all about social media and it's all about video and just getting in front of people but a lot of people have reservations you know i don't know how to do a video i look stupid in front of a camera what should i say I don't have any help, right? It's always excuse after excuse after excuse. Mm -hmm. So can you tell the audience a little bit about your journey in creating content and and some of your roadblocks and and some of the things that have worked for you to produce the content that you have produced? Yes, and I'm gonna tell you, um, the biggest thing I could say for everyone is do it afraid, do it before you're ready. Um, Because I look back on some of my, my first videos and I'm just like, oh my gosh. I have some videos where I had the way I had the lighting and stuff. And I was like, so excited that my husband was like, you got crazy eyes, woman, you got to settle it down. You know, you, you got your nerves are going crazy. And then, and then my eyes are really blue. So if it's in a certain light, I was like, huge. And he's like, woman, settle down. But no, you just, you just got to do it. You got to do it afraid. You're going to, you can't drive a parked car. You have got to get in that car and start steering it. And you're going to figure it out. You're going to find out that you need to start learning more about editing. You're going to need a better microphone. You're going to need better lighting. I, I, when I first started doing my videos, it was in a room that had tile and it was I, like, I get compliments on the video, but I'm like, the echo was so bad, mm-hmm. you know, you're, but I wouldn't have known that if I didn't just press record. I love listening to on YouTube, Sean Cannell with Think Media. He has a ton of great content and that's his biggest thing is just press record. You're going to learn in the process. So just do it. Yeah. Em- embrace the suck. I, mean, that's, <laughs> I know. That, that's, exactly. that's really what Everyone I, starts somewhere, right? Yeah. So true. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. What's the uh the best place for for people to find you, Michelle? Where, where do you hang out the most on uh, on social? Um you can find me on Instagram or Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, they're all by the same name Paladin Global Market. Um and then I have of course my YouTube channel. I'm very responsive to any of the comments on there as well. So, I'd love to see you guys there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And and winners, make sure you uh, if you're interested uh, and making money online. I think that whole concept of, uh, thrift stores, consignment stores. Um, my wife loves to go to the thrift store. Uh, Some of you are already doing it. Just don't have Michelle degree. Assistant. Yeah, exactly. So I already know I'm going to go pitch my wife cause she buys <laughs> yeah. a lot. She says she's going to sell, but she doesn't really, but I'm going to shut up just in case she listens <laughs> to this. Um, but for real hit, hit up Michelle, um, and, uh, you utilize her skill set so so you guys could bring in some extra income a thousand two thousand dollars a month it might not sound like a whole lot but if you just take that money and throw it in crypto right Kita, you, just, you, you just blow up so. meme coins to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> but i mean especially after last year like you we realized that things aren't always as, as permanent as we thought they were you know so exactly. even if it's just learning a new skill and if it's just covering the mortgage every month you know just with the passive income that's going to go yeah. a long way you know, yeah. so. Yeah, and when you get out there, you're going to get bit by the bug. I can't tell you how many of my students are like, oh my gosh, this is so much fun. Mm-hmm. I get shoes for a dollar and I'm selling them for 150 bucks. I mean, how much fun is that? Right. Can't beat so those numbers. It's cool. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Well, uh, winners in the show notes, all of uh, Michelle's uh, websites and social media handles will be there below. 
make sure to give her a follow, reach out to her. And then I know winners, I know you guys got some value out of this episode. So make sure you guys show our, our, our podcast, how winners win some love, go over to iTunes, Spotify, however you're listening to us. If you're on iTunes, make sure you leave us a five star a review. The more reviews that we can get, the more eyes and uh, be able to push this episode out to a lot more people. Uh, give us a follow on Instagram. I'm on Daniel blue uh, on Instagram. Kita is at high key on Instagram. Uh, we're going to bring you guys another episode next week. Every week we're going to bring the heat. Um, Michelle, you certainly brought a lot of good information when it came to relationships and uh, entrepreneurship and, and content. And then you got a really cool business model. So uh, thank you again for the time that you spent with us here today. Absolutely. You guys are amazing. Thanks for having me on the show. It was an honor. Thank you. All right, winners. See you next week. Peace. <laughs>